Good morning, saints of our Lord, and welcome to Thy Strong Word. Thank you for tuning us in this morning on Worldwide KFUO, Christ for you anytime, anywhere. I'm your host, Brady Finneran, pastor of Messiah Lutheran Church in Sartell, Minnesota. Today is Monday, July the 12th, and this next hour we study the gift of the inspired and true Word of God, and we put on our Christ goggles as we pray and study Psalm 148. Today we see a lot of alleluias, just like this. Lots of praises from heavens and, and down to the earth, and I love going back to the basics with the Psalms. Well, mainly because I'm not a great man of prayer. So what we have here today is to be able to sing the praises, to say the praises, and also to see Christ. This is the joy of the Psalms, and this is our joy this morning. The gifts are ready, ready for you. A special thanks to our friends at Lutheran Heritage Foundation for your support of Thy Strong Word. Visit lhfmissions.org for more information, lhfmissions.org. To help us to be strengthened by God's Word, we welcome back Pastor David Fleming of Our Savior Lutheran Church and School in Grand Rapids, Michigan, and also the Executive Director for Spiritual Care with Doxology. Pastor Fleming, welcome back to Thy Strong Word. Thanks, Pastor Finnard. What a joy to be with you today. So, Pastor, what's going on for you and your family, our Savior, and doxology? I mean, I, that's, a, that's a long list to say, so tell us what's going on for you. <laughs> well, probably the, the, the first thing is that uh, uh, today uh, my uh, mother-in-law, uh, well, my wife, daughter's mother-in-law, Beverly Nettleman, an, an incredible wonderful Christian woman. Um, uh, her funeral is today and, and she'll be laid to rest uh, this afternoon. Um, we, uh, we're, so we're heartbroken. She's uh, just a wonderful, caring Christian woman, a soul to the earth, nothing phony about her. And uh, I got to see her uh, a few weeks before she died and just a joyful, solid confession of Christ with a few tears. So, um, so we're thankful for her and uh, for her entrance into eternal life and heartbroken for her husband, Keith, uh, another amazing uh, Missouri Synod Lutheran faithful man. So um, the, otherwise, with our family, things are good. And uh, the church and school are flourishing under Pastor Jeremy Swam. He's just outstanding, our faith, faithful senior pastor. And uh, doxology has been really hopping with uh, a number of take heart retreats. These are respite retreats for pastors so far. Um, we've uh, done 12 of them now. Um, uh, and we have uh, five to go this calendar year. Um, and uh, these have been three day retreats with pastors uh, kind of sharing their burdens together of the challenges of being a pastor in our time. And uh, now as we're coming out of all that COVID silliness and all the challenges there that there were for pastors, uh, the, them talking, encouraging one another. We also, uh, uh, Dr. Beverly Yonke, my uh, colleague at Doxology, she's a, a, a clinical psychologist. She provides lots of real wisdom on how to uh, uh, handle these events with resilience, how to care for oneself, um, watch one's uh, energy level and so forth. And then I do some training and some pastoral care issues. And so those have been great. Also, we're still doing Doxology's classic program, which has been 
a flourishing. We got a great chaplain coming up in Minnesota in about a week. So um, I, I thank you for the Pastor Finner, Pastor Finner, uh, and. Uh, and then also a, one little special thing, if I could do a, an ad here um, on on August 28th um, uh, at Trinity Lutheran Church in Davenport, Iowa, we're privileged to have uh, Dr. Ryan Anderson, uh, the author of the uh, book that was banned by Amazon uh, when Harry became Sally, uh, a wonderful, gentle book on addressing the transgender challenge, uh, but very clear thinking. Uh, Dr. Anderson's been a wonderful voice for speaking clearly and lovingly for uh, the marriage of one man and one woman and its proper role as the foundation of society. He's a, 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 a dear Roman Catholic a layman. Uh, so he'll be with us at Trinity Davenport on August 28th. Also, Dr. Lucas Woodford, the Minnesota South uh, District District President. Um, and he'll be uh, speaking on the same issue from a pastoral care point of view. So and that's a, that's only $15 to come to this thing, uh, which wow. will be from 815. I think it is to 315 on August 28th. You could register on our website, doxology.us. Wonderful. Well, thank you for the update. Our condolences to your family as even though they're laid to rest and in the arms of their Lord, it doesn't mean we, and although, although we grieve with, uh, we do not grieve without hope. It does not mean we do not grieve. And so I encourage our listeners to keep uh, the Fleming family in your prayers as we continue to move forward. Um, Hallelujah. I mean, this is still, you know, all year is Easter, right? I mean, we know that the Lord has risen and we come to Hallelujah, especially today as we look at Psalm 148. So I think this is an appropriate time for us to sing those Hallelujahs, say those Hallelujahs, and also to see Christ. Pastor, as we get into this wonderful and powerful psalm, can you can you begin our time in prayer? Absolutely. Gracious Lord. Give us your Holy Spirit, that we may receive all your gifts with thanksgiving and praise to you, and acknowledge you as the God who is ruling over all things in heaven and on earth, especially through the saving work of your Son, our Lord Jesus. Keep us by your Holy Spirit in true faith and joy and thanksgiving for all your gifts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Pastor Fleming, as we are looking at Psalm 148, I think I'm going to do this this morning, is I'm going to start by uh, by praying Psalm 148. And then I have two questions that I wanted to ask you, and more of a personal question, as you look at all of the Psalter and how you use it and how, what why is it valuable and how have you utilized it in ministry and as a Christian man. But I wanted to start with basically prayer, is I'm going to pray the whole Psalm, Psalm 148, and then come back to these questions. So my encouragement to our listeners is when I'm praying this psalm, we're in prayer. And thanks be to God for this, especially today. Praise the Lord. So we begin Psalm 148. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in the heights. Praise him, all his angels. Praise him, all his hosts. Praise him, sun and moon. Praise him, all you shining stars. Praise him, you highest heavens and you waters above the heavens. 
Let them praise the name of the Lord. For he commanded and they were created. and He established them forever and ever. He gave a decree and it shall not pass away. Praise the Lord from the earth, you great sea creatures and all deeps, fire and hall, snow and mist, stormy wind fulfilling his word, mountains and all hills, fruit trees and all cedars, beasts and all livestock, creeping things and flying birds, kings of the earth and all peoples, princes and all rulers of the earth, young men and maidens together, old men and children. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for his name alone is exalted. His majesty is above earth and heaven. He has raised up a horn for his people. Praise for all his saints, for the people of Israel who are near to him. Praise the Lord. Pastor Fleming, as we look at the whole Psalter, today obviously we're hearing a lot of praises. But we know that the Psalms are very important and vital to the life of the Christian in worship, devotional, and also in prayer. And I want to ask you this, as you've been in ministry for a long time, why are the Psalms so valuable to the Christian life? Because the Psalms, as one of my profs used to put it, recontextualize us, which <laughs> just means the Psalms put us back in our place. And uh, now... Uh, Usually that little phrase is meant in a mean way. He got put back at his place. Uh, but, but the Psalms put me back in my place, which is a most blessed and gracious place. I'm a child of my heavenly father, uh, a dear soul cared for by my good shepherd. He, he puts me back uh, where I am as a dear member of his kingdom, uh, for whom he's watching out, he's listening to my cries, he's listening to my concerns, um, he's praying along with me, uh, and he's calling my attention through uh, his blessed word in these psalms to to recognize the reality of of, of what's true that that he is over all these things that he's working it all together for our good, that he gave his son to save me. So it, it puts me in my place, a beautiful place. So I, I, I like to think of it this way, right? So when the, the Psalms address so many of the challenges I face in my life and others face in their lives, and so many of the emotions uh, that we have in our life that sometimes we don't quite know what to do with, mm -hmm. the Psalm, Psalms are there to to guide us and how to deal with them and how to give them uh, to the Lord, to cry out to him in it. Of course, the Psalms also are always uh, proclaiming Christ because these are first and foremost Jesus prayers. These are the very prayers he prayed in his ministry on earth. And so we can see Jesus in all of them, but he also prays with us in all the various challenges we're in. So when I'm angry, hurt, frustrated, uh, the Psalms teach me to call out to God about it, not to lash out at others in a meaningless way. So I can cry out, how long, O Lord, like the Psalms do, or like Psalm 73, when the bad people are getting away with uh, murder, as we say it, um, that, mm -hmm. wait, a, wait a second, the Lord's got me by the right hand. And there, there is going to be justice. He's taking care of that. Or when there's heartbreaking things and I don't know what to deal with, do with them. I've got Psalm six to cry out to God, God, you know, rescue and deliver me here. What makes sense of this 
when I'm afraid of death or weary with all the choices or changes in my life. I, I love how Psalm 23 just puts me back in my Lord's flock and has goodness and mercy like sheepdogs nipping at my heels, chasing after me. Um, when we're up against it, I love Psalm 27 that uh, the Lord's my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? And oh, and that beautiful verse four, right? One thing I ask of the Lord that I seek that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life um, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. So I, I want to be with my Lord in his house to see how beautiful he is to me, how gracious he is to me, and to cry out to him in all my needs and troubles, and on and on it goes, right? When I'm in need of comfort or renewed thankfulness, I think Psalm 103 does this, forget not all his benefits. When I'm guilty and ashamed of my sin, oh my goodness, Psalm 32, Psalm 51, and on and on. When I'm dried up, I, I think any of these Psalms work, but particularly helpful to me often is Psalm 1. Uh, Blessed is the man who meditates on God's word day and night. He's like a tree planted by streams of water. It reminds me, uh, Pastor, of a tree I saw in Israel near the Dead Sea. Uh, it's awful there. Nothing grows. But there was a, a little waterfall uh, and this little tiny stream. And there's a tree that's just growing like crazy there because it's right by water. That water dries up before it could get to the Dead Sea. But that tree in that arid place, just doing just fine, right? That's us when we drink in our Lord's word. And then to be encouraged by the gospel through the psalm. So I don't know, Psalm 2, Psalm 22, Psalm 8, Psalm 118. These are uh, what a help to me and to oh, homebound members to to hear how our Lord is the one we cry Hosanna to, how he's the one tied to the horns of the altar paying for our sins, how he is the one, well, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. What day is that? The day of his resurrection. How powerful. And then uh, to, to enable me, the ungrateful person I am, to give thanks in all circumstances. So um, uh, so these beautiful Hallel Psalms we're going to look at, well, Psalm 148 is right in the middle of these Hallel Psalms, how these draw us, draw me to recognize what my Lord's given me and to give thanks for it. So I'm sorry, that might have been a long answer, but um, so, oh, and, and, and with these Psalms then, um, we, just like this morning, I chanted them with my uh, daughter and son-in-law, um, I chant them every day when my, my beloved is here, we chant them together. Um, we, uh, visiting those who are homebound or hospitalized or, uh, mourning, uh, the Psalms are such a, a rich poetry of mercy and comfort and, oh, oh, rightly placed anguish, right? Throwing our anguish at the Lord and our lament to him. And so, uh, and I can't imagine doing a wedding without a psalm or uh, doing any planning in my life without a psalm to help guide me in that. They're just so rich and powerful in helping us. Dr. Uh, Brian <clears throat> German uh, last week 
talked specifically about everything you just said, clearly pointing us to Christ. Like if you sit on Good Friday and listen to, you know, Jesus being arrested and his death and crucif- his crucifixion and that you can't, you can't help but find all this in the Psalms. I mean, it gives us Christ uh, over and over and the importance of what Christ has done and the Messiah that is still yet to come for the people who read these Psalms and sang these Psalms. And one, one, one moment that struck me when he spoke was how the Psalms also may help us understand ourselves. And I was like, wow, we could, the Psalms as the self help book. <laughs> that was an yeah. interesting idea. Um, but he talked, like you said, about if you have anguish, you can go in the Psalms and find anguish and how to deal with it in a godly way. Uh, when you have joy, you're able to, to work with it in a godly way. When you need, to, when you can praise, uh, you, you, you read the psalm and you pray the psalm that we have. When you're anxious at night, there, there are psalms that connect to the nighttime. There are psalms that, that come in the morning. Um, all of these really follow our walk with the Lord, um, how he carries us and walk with him. And, and it, the psalms really capture all of that, which helps us understand who we are, which is what you said so beautifully as a, as a beloved child of our loving father. So, Pastor, you kind of alluded to it a little bit here, but what ways have you been able to utilize the Psalms in ministry and also your own Christian life and your family? Yeah. So, uh, again, we daily uh, start our day, uh, my my beloved and I, uh, with the chanting of uh, the Psalm appointed for the day and the daily readings. Uh, We uh, so we we start our day there. Right. Um, Also. Uh, use it again in every sort of pastoral care situation. Uh, I, um, I mean, there's a lot of scriptures you can draw on when dealing with troubled souls or those who are ill or lonely or challenged, but the Psalms are particularly helpful there. And, and they're, they become these beautiful, familiar friends that, uh, because of their poetic way, uh, draw people in and uh, bring real aid. Uh, my pastor, uh, uh, my you know the pastor that I see to confess my sins, he uh, tells the story about a, a member he had years ago was kind of a cantankerous, grumpy, uh, homebound member. And, uh, we don't there, we don't have many of those very often, but but, but, he, but he but he had one, and he tried to cheer her up all the time using the sort of happy psalms, as he put it, and right. and they they never worked, and so one time in just sort of desperation, he decides to use a psalm of lament, you know, where we cry out to God, "How long, O oh Lord? You know, why have you abandoned me?" And whatever, and. Uh, and she had the biggest smile when he finished reading the psalm to her with a tear in her eye. Um, the, the Lord knows how I feel. And, uh, and, and, and to, to give voice, like you put it summarizing Dr. German, uh, to give voice to what's going on in our life and to guide us as we deal with these various things we're going through. What, what a gift. That, that our Lord gave us these rich and uh, uh, beautiful things. I, I I used to, when I was first a pastor, I I, uh, I used to have a, be- a Bible by my 
on my nightstand. And the old Lutheran hymnal had a little chart, the Psalter divided over 31 days. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and I marked in that Bible, um, you know, which Psalms were to be read in the morning of the first day and the evening of the first day and so forth. I marked that throughout the Psalter. And then I would try every, uh, morning to read the Psalms appointed for the morning, every evening to read the Psalms appointed for the evening. And, uh, what a, I, I found that was a little too much actually, uh, to, to set as a goal, but, but, uh, but reading the Psalms, praying them again and again and again in our life, like Luther did, it offers us such a rich tapestry of beautiful poetry to to uh, guide our prayer, to hear the word of God to us in all sorts of situations. And I find that I draw on these verses uh, time and time and time again uh, for myself and for those um, I'm caring for. As we look at, look at Psalm 148, it's very clearly um, a, a purpose for these Psalms uh, from 146 to 150. And so what I want to do is I want to just read verse one and to get your thoughts on what is it, what is the psalmist telling us to do and why is this important? So we'll, we'll be going through these verses a little bit at a time um, and just some wonderful riches as we see uh, what the Lord gives us here today. So we continue in prayer and study verse one, praise the Lord, praise the Lord from the heavens, praise him in the heights. So, Pastor Fleming, what is the psalmist telling us to do? Yeah. So he's actually calling for people to praise, right? This is a, actually sort of a command, a, a praise mm -hmm. the Lord, um, which is, I, we, I, I, when we pray these psalms by ourselves, right, it's, I suppose it's the Holy Spirit calling us to praise the Lord. Uh, but of course, we're even calling ourselves to praise the Lord, right? <laughs> so, uh, uh, which, uh, we do that all the time, right? I don't, we, we talk to ourselves. Uh, here, we're crying out to ourselves to to get busy uh, praising the Lord. By the way, the Hebrew here is hallelujah, uh, uh, which means uh, hallel uh, or praise, and then Yah, which would be Yahweh, Jehovah, uh, the uh, or the personal name for God. So this is the middle of the five hallel psalms. There's uh, Psalm, the last five Psalms are this section of praise. They all begin and end with hallelujah, with this praise to the Lord. And why, well, and this, this is Psalm 148 is the middle of those five, which is for structural reasons, the most important then because it's in the middle. And this one's particularly important. It's at the end, it's going to bring us back to Psalm two and the promise of the Messiah, but I don't want to get ahead of myself, mm -hmm. but, but what it's beginning to do to answer your question is calling us to recognize that the Lord, that Yahweh, that our true God is the God who made the heavens and the earth. He is, he is over them all. He's above everything like, uh, Oh, uh, Deuteronomy 10, 14 says, Behold, to the Lord your God belong heaven and the heaven of heavens, the earth and all that is in it. Right? He's in charge of all these things and given them to us as a gift. And so we, we praise him, uh, which is we honor, we, re uh, 
we speak about what he's what he's done for us and who he is for us. And why is that important? Because Thanksgiving is the antidote to worry, fear, and ungratefulness. You, you give thanks when you trust, right? When you trust someone and you recognize what they've delivered to you, we trust the Lord. And so by the work of the Holy Spirit, we thank him for all that he's done for us. And I find when I'm grumpy or anxious or frustrated that using the Psalms to remind me to give thanks to God and and to just look around as I'm walking around, look at the things he's given me this very day, that that's a beautiful antidote to all that all those negative things that are happening with me, the worry and fear and ungratefulness. It's useful also, praising God, in encouraging our fellow Christians, like Paul says in Colossians 3, right? And uh, uh, and be thankful, let the word of Christ dwell on you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. I, I, I don't think there's many things more encouraging in my life personally than the gathering of the body of our of Christ the church uh, and that when they're belting out hymns and psalms of comfort and strength in the face of great adversity particularly like at funerals or whatever right <laughs> um, what what a joy uh, it's also when we sing like that when we use the psalms that when we praise this way it also draws people in. When you talk about how great, you know, a restaurant is, or um, some uh, national park you went to, or or how great some friend is, people are drawn in by that, right? They they go, oh, well, tell me more about it, right? So uh, when the church is busy whining and complaining, people aren't usually too interested in that. But when we're when we're praising our Lord, they're they're caught by that. What? Why are you? Praising what? What's what am I missing here? And then, of course, this is also a picture of our eternal joy—the the song we're going to get to sing forever, too. Ah, oh, that's good. And I like how you said that when we go to the Psalms, and it reminds us to be joyful. That it, un, I would say, the Psalms unpack that in a way that if if I'm having a bad day, and Pastor Fleming comes to me and says, "Come on, Brady, cheer up." I, I tend to get mad at David Fleming, you know, I'm like, no, I don't, you know, come on now, get up get out of here. I don't want anything to do with you. Stop telling me to cheer up. I just want to kind of be in my, my downer self right now. But I have noticed that these Psalms are helpful because one, the Holy Spirit's at work with them. And then also it unpacks it in a way that helps me understand better, ironically, because it's God's word. It, 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 it helps me understand myself. Not, I'm not saying 100% of the time, like, oh, I read a psalm and I'm always happy. No, I'm not saying mm -hmm. that. But I'm saying that there is a power to this, that when there is anguish and pain that and, and frustration or anger or whatever we have in our hearts, the psalms do break it down because it does relate to us. And this is why... Um, I think the Psalms is something that we can, with confidence, say these words really spoke to me today. You know, sometimes that can be abused, right? Where it's like, oh, that just really meant something to me. And you're like, well, okay, tell me more. What do you mean? But the Psalms definitely are one of those that will speak to us. Why? Because the Lord works through it. It, it hits us where we're at in faith and helps us along our path. But right now, Pastor, we are, we're, we're going to be 
praising even more, but we need to go for our break. We are praying um, uh, Psalm 148 with Pastor David Fleming, and we'll be right back. On America's college campuses, doors are open to sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. The number of international students studying at American schools has more than quadrupled over the past decade. For many of these young men and women, it's their first time living in a free society where they can ask questions about Christianity. You can help answer their questions. Go to lhfmissions.org and partner with the Lutheran Heritage Foundation to translate good Lutheran books into languages these students can read and understand. lhfmissions.org And welcome back. We continue to pray Psalm 148 with Pastor David Fleming. And we've gotten through one verse so far. And it's an important reality that we are uh, praising the Lord. And that is the theme throughout this whole psalm. So, so uh, Pastor Fleming, I want to get to this point before we get to the next few verses is, why is it so hard for us to praise the Lord in our, in our daily Christian life? But because we forget about him and uh, I in our gym at our parish school where we would do chapel because our church is across a busy street, uh, there was a hole in the concrete block wall uh, near the stage. It was off to the side. And now and then in chapel, I would have the kids look over there and say, what do you guys notice? And they all noticed that hole, this hole in the wall. Um, we, we don't notice the wall that's there and all the stuff that's good about it. We just notice the flaw in it. Happily, now it's covered up. But um, uh, I mean, that's, that's how life is, right? We're really good at finding uh, oh, the hole in the donut, if you will, the, the thing that's wrong with, that's missing, that isn't exactly the way we want it. Satan stokes up our idealism and our desire for a perfect family and a perfect life and perfect health and all this. And then, and then we find all the things that are missing or aren't there. And instead of acknowledging all the things that are there and, and knowing where they came from, that they all came from a loving father. And that is something that this psalm captures, is that it's, he opens our eyes to see what we can see and things that we can't see and tells us to praise the Lord for them. So that's a great segue, Pastor, to verse 2. So right now we have praise the Lord, praise Yahweh from the heavens, praise him in the heights. Verse 2, praise him, all his angels, praise him, all his hosts. So now he's talking about what we cannot see, the, the army of angels that the Lord has, has um, uh, created and, and watches over us and protects us and serves him and serves us. So what is he, what is he, why is he telling the, the angels to praise him? What's going on here? Well, certainly the angels are always praising him. Right? So that we know that from Revelation chapter uh, four and five, uh, Isaiah chapter six. Uh, this is what the angels do. They praise God. It's it's kind of fun to tell them to praise God because that's what they're doing anyway, right? I mean, like like they need us to tell them to do this. But uh, but 
it's a it's a it's a creative way, isn't it, to draw us in to recognize what the angels are about that they they they've seen so much of what our lord's done there they are breaking out in song at the birth of our lord they can't help but break out all heaven breaks loose right as as our lord's born because they're so delighted that god has taken on human flesh to come and save us poor sinners and uh and, and they're just in awe of it had delight to proclaim it. So yeah, I, um, it, it does get us to to be drawn into a world we cannot see, as you put it, right? That that this is this hidden reality of the ministering spirits also crying out to God for His goodness. What well, reminds us when we are about to take communion. And we'll say those words before we do with all the angels and archangels evermore praising you and saying, and then we break into song, holy, holy, holy. And, and it's, a, it's a reminder that not only us are praising the Lord, but the angels in heaven. And so our church attendance is a lot better than we thought, right? In I fact, mean, it's like kind of how um, we would, you know, gather together in his name. Yeah, in fact, so at that beautiful preface you were talking about there in the liturgy, we even get that Hebrews 12 aspect of it as well, that we're joining with all the company of heaven, uh, wow. which mm-hmm. includes now, uh, you know, Bev Nettleman um, joining mm-hmm. with my folks and lots of other people I know that are uh, singing away up there, right? How fun. Right? That we. And this is what this is sort of getting used to eternity for us, right? <laughs> what we're going to yeah. get to do forever. How fun. Oh, that is so much fun. So let's continue on. So he points our eyes up to show us uh, what we cannot see. And then he keeps our eyes up to see what we can see in verses three and four. Praise him, sun and moon. Praise him, all you shining stars. Praise him, you highest heavens and you waters above the heavens. So now it's it's a it's a heavenly praise that we can see. What what did you find in these verses? So we're so the basically the outline of the psalm is very simple, right? So we're you've got this praise now from uh, the heavens, not just the realm where like angels are and so forth, but the 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 sky and uh, you know where the planets and stars are and so forth. Uh, that would be the heavens here, and so we're going to be going through these things in the sky and the heavenly bodies, and then we're going to. Uh, the earth is going to be encouraged land, all the things that are on the earth and land and sea, they're encouraged to praise God as well. Um, so here we've got uh, the the sun, the moon, the stars, uh, the heaven of heavens is what it really says there in verse four um, and the waters above the heavens. These are all part of the creation uh, part of God's creative work in the six days of creation that he he made the sun and the moon and the stars they did, they didn't happen accidentally uh, and he also put that water above the heavens which is a kind of fascinating thing which we don't have time to talk about I don't think but but um, what I I think that pours down at the flood but I mm-hmm. it sounds like they this um talks about it still being there so that does confuse me a little and um Probably we should have Dr. German on to tell us what that actually means. But right. but, the, but <laughs> God's in charge of all these things. So if 
I mean, I'm looking out the window here. There's some beautiful sunlight shining here in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Uh, and uh, wh why is that? Uh, is that because I want it to shine, or is it, I mean, I didn't, I didn't put the sun there. I, I do not control it. Um, it's pretty reliable, but our father is even more reliable, and he's the one. So the, all these things that he created, because he created them, he left his fingerprints all of the creation, and they say, look at the one who made us, who is greater than we are, right? Even, um, and, it, and in that way, they praise and honor him. Sort of like, uh, what is it? Is it Psalm 8? Uh, the, the, the stars pour out praise to God all the time, right? They point mm. to him. And that's uh, one of the difficult parts that I find in these verses. And I hear this a number of times. I've heard it at conferences where they will say something like, look at the sun and moon, how they are praising the Lord. And I'm like, but they're not they don't have mouths. And I think that's one of the hard parts I've had with these texts. How would you describe that to one of your confirmands or a confused brother pastor of, of how does a, a sun and moon and stars and highest heavens and water praise the Lord? What is he talking about? So when I was a kid, I was nine years old when we, when uh, Neil Armstrong stepped on the moon and I get to stay up to watch that. And those photographs from uh, the Apollo uh, missions of the earth and uh, uh, the sun from that vantage point, the moon as they drew near it. I mean, they're just awe-inspiring pictures, right? They're, I mean, the, the, the vastness of the universe, the uh, beauty of it, uh, the uh, amazing ongoing ability of the sun to do its work, all of this takes amazing design and skill and greatness, which as we see these, it causes us to recognize the one who designed these, this amazing engineer who out of his wisdom caused all these things to exist for our good, right? I don't know. Have you been struck by the moon lately? What was that about a week ago? Just had this giant full moon right on mm -hmm. the horizon. And I mean, it just took my breath away. I, I was driving somebody to the airport. Oh, it was Dr. Yankee. We were driving to the airport early in the morning and in uh, Boise, Idaho. And, and that moon was just sitting there on the horizon, just massive. And how could you not you know, see the Lord's amazing kindness to us in giving us such a beautiful thing for no no really good reason except just to give us something to look at and enjoy. And so it isn't so much the moon has a mouth, um, but then the sense of it is uh, one of God's masterpieces that shows um, the, the praise and the glory that our Lord has. And uh, um, it, it, it screams it without having to say words, something along those lines. Yeah. Yeah, you said you you finally answered your own question. Thank you for summing it up nicely. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's very simple, very simple on this end. So we have the praise of of what we can see, and then it expands a little more as really the first six verses I found are focused on praise the Lord from the heavens, you know, looking to the heavens from the heavens and five and six kind of wraps it up like a, like a, like a good present here in verses five and six, let them praise the name of the Lord for he commanded and they were created and he established them forever and ever. He gave a decree and it shall not pass away. 
So here we have, we see God's creative power, the praise that is there. What do you find in these verses? Yeah, so uh, I think particularly interesting is that they praised the name of the Lord. The name of the Lord is a title for Jesus, uh, the second person of the Trinity. Uh, in Divine Service 3, for example, we have um, our help is in the name of the Lord, who hmm. made heaven and earth. <laughs> so the the one who helps, by the way, I always find that verse incredibly comforting. Our help, our etzer, the one who actually rescues and delivers us is the name of the Lord. Uh, our the, God's name uh, revealed to us that that is our Lord Jesus. Uh, and he's the one who made the heavens and the earth. He made all of this. And so he's got the ability to rescue and deliver us. And so we're going to praise him. Uh, so he commanded, the name of the Lord did, and they were created. So this is all by God's doing. And notice he established them by this, it, it's translated decree here. Um, that's actually just the word, word, debar. Um, it's uh, the same word used to talk about the Ten Commandments, which really are the Ten Words. Uh, this the Lord gave the word, let there be light. And that's why there's light. And because that word continues, uh, there is still light today. If he removed that word, there wouldn't be light. If he removed the word, there'd be no sun and moon, no earth. But he He commanded these things and they remain. And it's so it points, doesn't it, to the power of the word of God, the authorized word of God, to accomplish what he says his word does, right? Which, again, grounds us into what he promises us in that word and what he calls us to repent of through that word. This is reliable. We can trust it, live by it. The word of the Lord endures forever. Amen. Um, and I think that is a very helpful distinction as well. Very helpful for me as I look into creation is what you said is, Everything was put into, well, was created by the word of God. And so if there is no God, there is no creation. Okay. And, and, and this is important because usually you say the word of the Lord endures forever. We're, you know, we're thinking about the scriptures. We're thinking about the salvation we have through that. But also that goes with every existence without the word of the Lord creating everything. There is no creation. And so all of it is under him. And so how can we not help but praise everything that he has created and to give thanks for him to him, which is why you have the Alleluia verses. I think that's just a, a very helpful way for us Christians to look at the world as, wow, you know, without the Lord, there's none of this. And therefore, praise the Lord once again. Um, Pastor, anything else in those first six verses? We kind of make a little bit of a transition from this point. Um, the first six point us to the heavens, and now we'll be pointed to the land. Anything else in those first six verses? I think we've summed it up well. Yeah. All right, very good. So we'll continue on to verses 7 and 8. Praise the Lord from the earth, you great sea creatures and all deeps, fire and hail, snow and mist, a stormy wind fulfilling his word. Now, obviously, it continues with the same praise the Lord. And I think about this, and I want to hear what you what you found, but this is very simplistic. We were in Florida uh, a week and a half ago, and we were able to go paddleboarding in one of the bays. 
and it, it was really fun. And the moment you got on that paddle board, I mean, you're kind of, you're shaking all over the place. Balance isn't as good as it once was for me. And, and I'm shaking, my kids are like, you know, zipping by me, you know, it's just amazing to see how some of that happens. But, but you, the moment you get on and you start paddling and what's the first thing you see two or three uh, sea turtles as they go by you, I mean, things that you can't see in Minnesota and just, they're just there. And, and now I'm thinking about this is exactly the way you're talking about is it that praise the Lord. I mean, this is an amazing part of nature that we're able to see. That's the first thing that pops into my mind um, because that one pops in because a lot of times when snow comes, I'm not praising the Lord. So that's another conversation for the time, but seven and eight, what'd you find here? Well, praising the Lord and the earth. So, well, it does start kind of down and then goes up sort of um, mm-hmm. this now when we go to the earth and you do get, you know, the whales and all this, uh, these uh, great sea creatures and everything down there in the depths of the sea, which I've, some of those things we haven't seen until recent time when we started saying that sending these unmanned subs down into the depths to find these crazy creatures and and all of them again are praising god by their existence because he created them and they know where they're from uh they they know they're from him and uh, then i think verse eight deals with um sort of destructive things actually which fits with with your uh not kind thoughts about snow at times. Um, uh, I think I think the fire probably refers to lightning. That's my hunch. Uh-huh. Um, the uh, hail, of course, can be very destructive. Uh, mist can get in the way and be kind of gloomy. And then the stormy wind of uh, fulfilling his word, which is a reminder to us that this Lord does have all of the destructive powers under his command as well. Now, this is the sign of a broken creation. There was not lightning and hail, snow. Uh, there was mist before there was, there was mist came up from the earth uh, before the fall, but uh, but there weren't storms and there wasn't stormy wind. Well, th- this is all because it's a broken creation. Uh, and yet our Lord is in control of those things as well, which I remember as a kid watching thunderstorms in central Illinois, which is that's the place to watch thunderstorms because it's so stinking humid in the summer. And you can it, central Illinois is so flat. You can see these things coming for miles and miles and miles and how powerful they are. And, you know, we're kind of nothing compared to them. But of course, our Lord is so much greater than that. And, and uh while sometimes these storms do horrendous damage and all that, um, we know that our Lord, because Jesus hung under the storm of God's wrath on the cross and was swallowed up in that storm, we know that God, as we trust in Jesus, none of these things are for our eternal destruction. Uh, And they're not signs that our Lord doesn't love us. I don't we don't always know how he's working them together for our good, but he is. Because um, I'm sure there's some here that have suffered through storms. Um, mm-hmm. and just like you've suffered through snow. <laughs> but, uh, but, but he's even in command of that. Yeah, well, it brings us back to Jesus in the boat and, you know, peace be oh. still, he says, which which fulfills his word, you know, that that the uh, um that he can control that and the, what he created, he can control and why why do certain things happen we don't know, but we do trust in the one 
who is a creator. And so we praise him um, for everything that comes our way. And Walt, pray for wisdom that we're able to um, uh, to persevere through those uh, those times. So uh, anything else in those verses, Pastor? I think I might move on, but you have anything else? No, I think that's good. And we really yeah. need to get to that horn at the end because it's oh, I the know. We'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> so good. Right, here we go. Nine, we'll go nine through, uh, nine through 12. Mountains and all hills, fruit trees and all cedars, beasts and all livestock, creeping things and flying birds, kings of the earth and all peoples, princes and all rulers of the earth, young men and maidens together, old men and children. And the word that's not said but assumed in those particular verses is praise the Lord. Basically, everything you can see that is eye shot level and the mountains and everything and all the people. And notice he doesn't leave anybody out. The kings, the peoples, the princes, the rulers, men and women and old men and children, everybody you can think of, praise the Lord. What does he, I mean, obviously he's telling us to praise the Lord, but what else is, what is he all telling us here, Pastor? Sure. So, um, well, everything on earth, everything on earth from and I don't know, we were in the mountains this summer hiking, my beloved and I. And I, what, <laughs> I mean, they're just amazing, aren't they? They, they catch your attention and they're beautiful. Uh, and the the joy of a, a, a cherry just plucked from a tree in Michigan, uh, how delightful. Uh, a good steak from a beast and livestock <laughs> um, yeah. uh, and uh, all the all the crazy critters and birds and all of this stuff all made by God's incredible creativity and design uh, and they exist to cry out uh, in in honor of him the, their creator uh, so it's it's just sort of everything and this I would say is very helpful when um, we're we're caught in our own little selves to just look go look at the beauty of a leaf even a leaf of grass i mean they're they're fascinating but we're so stinking bored by all that because we're bored by god and if we would if we delighted these things we could uh, delight in him a little more i think and then when it deals with the people you're right it goes it covers absolutely all the people i think it's particularly interesting the place of honor in rhetorically is what's last that's the punchline, right? So mm. look mm -hmm. where it starts. Kings of the earth, that's who would catch our attention, right? The kings of the earth and all peoples, right? The princes and the rulers of the earth, like all these powerful people with their big parades and all that stuff. And then we get young men and maidens and, ah, me. <laughs> old, old men, old men and children. Why? So why old men and children last? Because in the world's point of view, they're nobodies. Who cares mm. about a, a dumb old man? Who cares about little children? Our Lord does, right? And um, they are of great value to him, and they're of great value consequently to the church as well, right? We honor old people, and we uh, delight in children and the gift they are, right? So, I've, I mean, what a countercultural thing to do and say, right? That the, these are the most important. That is very interesting because you do see that play out um, in the life of the church where um, you're able to get uh, the older people who are able to share some of their wisdom that they have. And that's a place where they can still do it at the church. 
And obviously I value those, those people you do as well. And, and that's my encouragement to everyone listening is to value those older people in the faith and what they've been through. They've been through the ups and downs and, and they've been through the joys and they've been through all of this. And yet they're still holding tight to their Lord and Savior. At the same time, children, I think about this. When a little child comes to church and the parents are mortified that this child's being too loud, <laughs> inevitably, every time there's two or three people that say, wasn't it just great to hear that little child act rambunctiously in church. And it's it's kind of a, it's a praise the Lord moment where other people will think, no, there's no praise in the Lord there. But yet we hear those those those, those sounds reminding us that the Lord is still with us. So that's kind of my, my thought when I heard that. So any last thoughts before we move on to the part you want to get to? Well, that's, it is just so beautiful when those little ones say their amen really loud <laughs> or, or when they're, they're just little, little ones and they just kind of like when the, the organ stops or whatever, they just keep singing, you know, they just, <laughs> ah! <laughs> I mean, there it is right there. There's Psalm 148. <laughs> oh, praise the Lord. So let's continue on to the last two verses and we'll wrap up our time. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for his name alone is exalted. His majesty is above earth and heaven. He has raised up a horn for his people. Praise for all his saints, for the people of Israel who are near to him. Praise the Lord. So, Pastor, we we hear these words, very important words. What words do you want to highlight in these verses? So a, a couple of things. Uh, the name of the Lord alone is exalted as a man, and his majesty is above heaven and earth. So this name of our Lord has majesty. Uh, that reminds us of Psalm 8. Oh, Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Uh, he is majestic. He is sovereign. He is all powerful. And what's he choose to do with that power? But to take on human flesh and to be a wordless infant uh, at first, uh, to grow up, to have those nails, uh, hands pierced with nails and his side pierced with a spear as he, he lays down his life for us. I mean, isn't that amazing? He's got all power, all authority. He can do whatever he wants. And what he wants to do is come and rescue us by being one of us uh, and to be the weakest among us as he hangs on the cross there, of course, in great strength, mind you, right? Because he could leave it, but he sticks it with it to save and deliver us to be damned in our place. And then this horn that's raised up for his people. Uh, uh, horn is a fascinating uh, term. It's all over the Old Testament. There's the horns of the altar, which is the same word. There's the horns of oxen. Um, and there's the horn, the ram's horn that they blow when they march around Jericho. It's what causes the walls to fall down. Um, that, interestingly, is the only time that we could I, well, that's one of the very few times where this particular word for horn is used to talk about a musical instrument. Mm. The rest of it mainly is like the horns of an ox. And, uh, and that's an image when an ox wins a battle, uh, when it's, uh, it's uh, uh, skewered somebody, uh, gored somebody, uh, <laughs> he lifts up his head and his horns, not like the silly Vikings fans with those silly things, but he lifts up his horns um, with uh, victory and joy, you know, with that power that he won. The horn that's lifted up for us, right, is a person. It is, uh, it is the descendant of David, the restoration of the Davidic throne. It is the one that uh, Hannah rejoices in uh, it when 
she uh, is given uh, Samuel, right? Um, my heart exalts in the Lord. My horn is exalted in the Lord, she says. And when uh, John the baptizer is born, it's uh, Zechariah who uh, cries out, uh, blessed be the Lord God of Israel for he has visited and redeemed his people and has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant, David. Notice that connection to David, to his rule. This draws us all back to Psalm two, which is that first messianic Psalm, the Psalm pointing to the coming of, of our Lord Jesus to save and deliver us that um, he's the, uh, the one to give us, uh, well, victory over our enemies, that God sits in the heavens and laughs. He, he, he mocks those who plot against God's people and a God's, God's plan. And so he raises up this horn, this victory um, mm. all over Satan and sin and death and the world for us in our Lord Jesus Christ and his death and resurrection. That's this. He's raising up a horn for his people, uh, which is uh, praise for all his saints, for the people of Israel who are near to him. So he draws us near by this horn uh, into uh, into this salvation. And uh, like Psalm 18, verse 2, the Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my rock and whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my oh, stronghold. My. Yeah. I think that's why we say, Alleluia, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Yeah. Pastor David Fleming of Our Savior Lutheran Church in Grand Rapids, Michigan, an executive director of spiritual care of doxology, giving us Christ from Psalm 148, the horn of my salvation. Pastor Fleming, thank you again for being our guest. Thank you, Pastor Fenner. What a joy to be with you. Saints of our Lord, praise the Lord. The angels from heaven, all of creation here on earth, all praise the Lord. He's creator. His name is above all names. He has raised up the horn of salvation, which is Christ. So what shall we do? Praise the Lord. I'm your host, Brady Finner and pastor of Messiah Lutheran Church in Sartell, Minnesota. Thank you for joining us and the Lord keep you safe in the palm of his hands.